0: Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Seek First Podcast. I'm Rick Brown. We talk about everything here, life, seeking God, biblical truth, today's culture, and whatever is on my guest's radar to unpack. We want to understand what is happening around us. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Take a minute to subscribe to the Seek First Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Let's jump in. We're blessed tonight to have uh, such a a classy young guy at 25 years of age with PragerU, and he's been standing for liberty, and I've been able to get to know him through a few live streams. The first one I did, I was able to hear his testimony, which is so great because uh, Will is a pretty young Christian. He received Christ about a year ago or so, and uh, went from extreme leftist atheist all the way into the love of Jesus. So that's where you're going to find him tonight. All right, first question, Will. This one right out of the box. Do you think you would ever consider a congressional run?
1: Oh, wow. I I get this question a lot. You're
0: 25 now. It works.
1: Yeah, I could be governor of California if I wanted to. Oh, wow. Yeah. Here's my thing, okay? I, I feel right now in America that if I were to run for Congress or any sort of political seat, it would be for my own vanity, okay? I I feel like the amount of good that I would be able to do in a political office in this country would not justify me running for office and getting all of that money to, to do so. I feel like right now with the position that I have, I am influencing lots of people, making a lot of good changes, and I'm very happy about it. And I think that our political system in America right now is somewhat broken. I think that, that part of the reason we are in the mess we are in is because our political system is broken. I mean, let's, let's look at something... I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. I, I, I'm going to say it Go anyway. Go for it. I'm going to say There's, it anyway, okay. Yeah. If you get a vaccine, let's say it's a rabies vaccine or anything else, and you take the vaccine and you have adverse effects from it, who is responsible for paying for, that, for, that, for those damages? You, taxpayer. It is on you. Did you know that the vaccine companies are not liable for any sort of damages that are caused by them? It is for the taxpayer to now pay. That is evil. Why is that allowed to happen? Because Republicans and Democrats in Congress basically just said, Big Pharma is going to give us a nice check of $100,000 or more or less each for our next campaigns and we are going to sell out this country. And so politics nowadays has become so corporatized and so bureaucratic and so controlled by special interests in so many ways that even the best people are are easily corrupted. And that's a sad fact. And so my biggest gripe with it is that to get elected, I don't want to have to raise $100 million and kiss someone's butt and then give them favors when I get into office. That is not what I want to do. I want to be a free man where I can talk about the things that I want to talk about and continue to speak truth and be beholden to no one. So, thank you. But if there, was, if there was a world emperor position, I would consider it. <laughs>
0: but not yet. <laughs> WW the f- first. All right. Is going off to college a good idea in these days? If so, what colleges?
1: Who, You know, I... I think that a liberal arts education is a very good thing. I learned a lot uh, in all the classes that I failed in college. <laughs> but- Despite failing all my classes, I was an English major like I said, and I really loved all my writing classes and literature classes where I got to read great works. It really introduced me to a lot of, you know, amazing authors and and thoughts and ideas and philosophy things like that. So I am a big fan of a of a traditional liberal education, you know, without the like a liberal arts education, without all the bias and everything like that. So finding a place that can that can administer that, I think is of course a wonderful thing. I Having, having the, the universities in this country be destroyed is one of the, the greatest tragedies. Because learning is truly, like I said, pursuing truth is the most important thing we can do in our lives. And the fact that the left has, has taken that away, taken away learning and turned it into indoctrination, is truly evil. Excuse me. And so I think that if you can find a, a more conservative or Christian university then I think that you should send your students there. I think kids should go to these kinds of places. Of course, you can go to trade school and not go to college. I didn't go to college. I've dropped out twice from, from college, so I, I know better than most. But I, I think that those types of educations are actually incredibly valuable if you go to a place that isn't going to squander and destroy all of the things that you value.
0: Any tips for current college students to effectively fight back on their campus without being completely canceled.
1: What did Jesus say? Jesus said we will have trials and tribulations within our life. It's like that one saying, uh, I think it's Bruce Lee, where he said, don't ask for an easy life, ask for the strength to, to get through a hard one. People think that, that you can be a conservative or be a Christian and, and that people are just supposed to accept you, right? The left is just supposed to accept you. You understand that these people are evil and want to destroy this country, right? Why would they want to accept you for what you are? You have to understand that if you stand for truth in these values, you will be canceled. I can't give you some solution that says, hey, you're not going to get canceled if you say it this way. Or if you take this pill, going to, you know, you'll be totally fine. Like, that's, that's not how this works. You will find that you will be canceled and people will despise you and hate you if you stand up for truth. That is what happens, all right? There is no other way around it. So you can do it the best way possible. I think that with, with my videos and the way that I talk to people is a, a far better way than many people who just try to make kind of red meat content for only people that agree with them. I try and make content that is for everyone that is going to change minds of everyone, not just people who will already agree with me. I think there are better ways to do it. But in, in essence, you stand up for truth, That is what you are asking for. That's why most people don't. That's why most people don't stand up for truth. That's why most people, when asked about their their Christian faith, they don't talk about it. Or when asked about who they voted for, their politics, they'll just say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. All of these things are a big deal. It makes you who you are. And when you stand up for it, people are going to hate you. There's no other way around it. You will be quote-unquote canceled.
0: Especially as a Christian, as Jesus said, they hated me first. He was the embodiment of truth. Everywhere he went, he just told it like it was, uh, and people hated him for it and ultimately crucified him for it. So he was preparing his disciples, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Right. And so even it's good to be winsome, and like you said, to ask questions and be more... Um, more of a dialogue than a diatribe Mm -hmm. type of thing with people.
1: Let me say, can I say one more thing? Sorry, just I know that a lot of people will think that because the left is in the majority in so many ways especially when you're talking about college like everyone's on the left in college or maybe your work whatever and and even like Dr. Fauci and these medical experts, they're the majority of medical experts. I'd like to remind everyone that in the 1930s in Nazi Germany almost every single medical institution and every single major doctor in Nazi Germany went and sided with the Third Reich. What does that tell you? That tells you that just because experts are in the majority of people does not mean that they are right. So all of these people on the left coming and telling you that you need to think a certain way because everyone else is doing it does not mean that you do it. Or because they say you, they will cancel you because of it because you're not thinking like everyone else does not mean that you do it. You stand up for truth, and you continue
0: to do so. You mentioned hyperinflation when you mentioned Rome. How do you feel about Bitcoin and the rise of cryptocurrency? I am a big
1: fan of cryptocurrency. I think that it really could be the future. But I see that there are a lot of problems with our federal government right now, where they are going to try and restrict it. I mean, with how they are trying to tax Bitcoin and all these other cryptocurrencies, they essentially want to make it meaningless. Uh, They want to get so heavy-handed within cryptocurrency that I don't know if it's necessarily going to last. I think that if they can get it like truly blockchain functional, I I think that cryptocurrency will, will have a lot more a lot more stay in America, but what it seems like to me is that the government, uh, along with, again, Republicans and Democrats who don't care about the future of this country, just care about getting a paycheck, are going to sell out these cryptocurrencies and make sure that the government has total dominion over them. So I'd like to say that I have faith in them. Um, I do have faith in, in, in blockchain and those types of things. I think a social media that's entirely on the blockchain and decentralized from what we have now would be fantastic and good for people's mental health and, and the bureaucracy. but. Uh, I, I don't necessarily see it going in a good way right now,
0: so. You have uh, produced a short film mm-hmm. recently. Have you considered doing other projects, film projects, TV shows, anything like that? And, and what would you focus on right now? What kind of creative projects would you like to do now, Will? Will?
1: No one's asked me that at any of my events. That's very cool. I think I would do Survivor, Conservatives versus Leftists. (laughs) And (laughs) I think that would be quite interesting to watch. No, I, I'm actually working on right now, uh, the book took up so much of my time, so I was really heavily focused on that. I am actually about to hopefully start a second book already, which I haven't even finished the book tour on this one, but already working towards a second book, which I didn't even really get a touch on the things that I am putting in that next book, really, in my speech. But essentially, it's in uh, elites versus us, how the elite and the oligarchy in this country ha- have turned America into a, a nation of serfs. That's, that's essentially what I want to write the next book about. Anyway, but in terms of more media-driven creative products, uh, I'm working on a new documentary right now that is hopefully about the rise of, of communism in America, of how the it started organically. Not just, you know, not America becoming communist, but how the ideas actually got to America and how it's influenced thought, how postmodernism has influenced Thought and the universities throughout this country. I, I think that that will be incredibly interesting to see how these people have weaselled their, their way into all the institutions of America, and and how they've changed it. And then, as well as a documentary on masculinity, and how masculinity has failed this country. You know, I talked a little bit before about how the left destroys everything. Uh, I was a Boy Scout, and I'm an Eagle Scout actually. is one of my greatest achievements in my life. And well, thank you. You guys will clap for anything, I mean, (laughs) thank you. But, you know, like I said, I grew up without my father in the picture, and so Boy Scouts for me was huge. It taught me how to be a man, it taught me masculinity, it taught me leadership. There's no way I'd be up on this stage talking to everyone if if it wasn't for the Boy Scouts, right? But what is the Boy Scouts now? They they have a, a BLM merit badge, basically. They've let girls into the Scouts. It's no longer the Boy Scouts. And so masculinity has died in this country. True masculine values have died in this country. And so I want to make a, a documentary really exploring that and explaining the, the adverse effects of, of a lack of manliness going on right now. So thank
0: you. It, when asked this question, how do you respond in light of uh, postmodernist uh, decolonialization and everything? Um, did the white Americans, or the white man, steal the land from the American Indians and the Native Hawaiians?
1: Happy Columbus Day, everyone. Yeah. Here, here's what I'll say. I have, I have uh, one question that I like to ask people when it comes to this. Again, I do everything in questions because I think that it's more effective for changing minds than just going and telling them, well, you know, well, these tribes were already fighting each other and killing each other. I get that, okay? I, I understand that. that they were slaughtering each other before, and the Aztecs committed disgusting acts where they, they sacrificed children and tore their eyeballs out. I mean, these were, these were in many ways demonic people. But what is the most important thing to ask is that even if Christopher Columbus and some of the, the people from Spain and Portugal and the French and the British, and they came over here and we killed many Native Americans, there's one question to ask people, and that is, was America worth it? Is America worth it despite these things that happened. Even though slavery happened and its uh, stain on our past, with all of this, is America worth it? I think it was. Even despite having horrible things in our past and things that have gone on in this country that we are no longer proud of, that we would look back and abhor, we can still say America is the greatest country in the history of the world. And say that we have the medical innovation, we have been We've brought democracy to the rest of the world. We have been peacekeepers in, this, in, in the world. We have done so much good for culture and society and politics. I mean, it, truly, America is a blessing. And so when you ask someone that question, if they say, yes, America was worth it, then you can delve deeper and go into more about this. But if someone says, no, America was not worth it, well, I think you already know where this person probably stands, and you really have to decide whether or not you're going to have a conducive conversation with this person. So yes, I don't think that that the white man took it from all these people, and even if he did, I think that America was worth it regardless.
0: And I'll just uh, PS to that, I'm having young Christian kids ask me the same question about America. And I just share with them, okay, so Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, 1492, in the last 500 years, let's look at every country in the world, let's look at the brutality of every country in the world there's 192 countries now there wasn't obviously back then it's morphed the borders and different things and let's just compare all of the histories and see if there's any skeletons in the closet why is it only America that is the most brutal nation in the world with through expansion exploration all these things and um, it's a they just isolate it and cherry pick this thing if you look at the rest of world history it's brutal. The last 500 years of just brutality, right. no matter where you look. Is
1: slavery still in the Middle East today? I mean, there's still 40 million slaves across the world right now. Right? A, a terrible thing. But the left, the left hates excellence. Okay? Excellent people are hated by the left. The left loves mediocrity. That is the standard of the left. So when Christopher Columbus comes, and he's a brave sailor, and comes and does something that is extraordinary that no one's ever done before, the left hates him. Because he did something that they would never do. Because they are way too scared to ever do anything brave or heroic.
0: Yeah, and shortly, I mean, I read a new biography of Christopher Columbus before all of this stuff broke out. And it was really a well-researched biography. And he sincerely believed, as a faithful Catholic, he believed the Holy Spirit had anointed him to go find the new world. That was his, he felt, calling by God to go find the new world. Now, obviously, a lot of brutality happened after that but it doesn't uh, diminish right. his calling and his discovery. And, right. um, so is your older brother still a Democrat? If he is, are you still able to have a civil discourse or has the relationship taken an unusual turn?
1: Wow, and again, I'm getting lots of questions I've been asked this whole tour, which is very sweet. Um I actually haven't spoken to my older brother in years not because of politics more because of family matters that have happened within our our own family which is incredibly sad as like I said my brother was like my father figure to me and he essentially uh, estranged himself from our family which is quite sad to to happen you know for different reasons with my mother and things like that. But I know, I know for a fact he's living in San Diego. He's a teacher down there. I, I hope that he's having a wonderful, blessed life. I don't know his politics or anything like that right now, but all I can do is wish him the best at this point.
0: So, Amen. Yeah. Why, uh, why should families with young children stay in California and live in the shadows, jumping through the hoops to give their children normal lives when other states are still living pretty normally?
1: This, I don't think you should. (laughs) I am very, very torn on this. This has been my internal conflict. I mean, Amal and I just in the car on the way here were having a discussion about this because I want to leave. I want to leave California. I I don't know how much longer I can stand it. Uh, I think that the worst part about it is that, well, one, I'm giving tax dollars to a government that hates me. If Gavin Newsom... knew about me, he would hate everything about me, he would say the things that I fight for, he wants to destroy, along with the mayor, along with the rest of the people in bureaucracy, along with the city council, along with all the people in Hollywood and the big tech companies that are in this state, all of them hate me. I don't understand why I want to be surrounded by people who literally want to destroy everything that I love. In other places in the country, there aren't those types of people. There are people who love what I do, right? And I'm not, I in no way say that I need to retreat to an echo chamber to be safe from these people, okay? I have no problem being in a place surrounded by people who are evil. And I have no problem calling them out. It's like Jesus going to the Pharisees, you den of vipers, right? I have no problem calling out evil when I see it. But it gets to a point where you have children, and you don't want your children going to, going to a school where they're teaching gender queer theory and CRT in their schools, and they're making them be vaccinated now at five years old in California. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, how long can you take that type of tyranny, and how much can you do to fight against it? Again, I believe in the good of the individual against the good of society. If California, as a society, is deteriorating, and there's nothing left, then as an individual, for the good of yourself... You have to find a place that will enhance your values and the things that, that will make you a, 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 a articulate and passionate great person, right? I don't like giving up. I don't want to be someone to give up. But it gets to a point where we all have to think about our lives and say, you know, how much more can we really do here? The left wants to totally destroy it. So the thing is that if you move to a conservative place or somewhere that is more red, it is about saying, I'm not going to left, let the left take this place. I saw what happened in California. I know that California used to be a conservative place, and now look at it. I'm not going to let that happen to Florida or Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, wherever I go. So, it's, it's very tough. I understand it's very difficult. I know.
0: How should we reach the future generations so they know the truth uh, more than just having groups on school campuses?
1: Role models. Role models is the number one thing in this country that has been lost or for young people in a sense, of, of, of what they need. Okay, who are the role models for young people nowadays? I mean, Hollywood actors who, who parrot leftist ideas, worthless, woke celebrities and, and musicians who also, not even despite being leftists, have no musical talent anymore, <laughs> which is just as big, yeah. If you guys didn't know, but when I, I was an English major, I wanted to be an English major because I wanted to be a music journalist. That's, that's like my, my other passion is music, and I, I listen to a lot of older music, so I, I know. Anyway, uh, the, there are no role models for young people. It's like looking at the African American community in this country and knowing that if many of them don't have fathers, their fathers are absent, who are these young men turning to as their role model? They turn to, to rappers and NBA players, people who only parrot leftist thought and don't tell them that they should be go-getters and, and, and go to college and be articulate. They tell them that they should buy new shoes and, and listen to more rap music and be gangbangers. I mean, that is, those are like the role models for those people. And then the role models for young white girls in this country. They go on TikTok and see girls scattily dancing with their butt hanging out, and that's their role model. They want to be TikTok famous instead of being a lawyer or a doctor or an astronaut. of young people polled in this country said they wanted to be YouTubers. These were middle schoolers. Above any other profession. 99%. And why do they want to do that? Because every single role model for them is pushing them in that direction. It's pushing them to do that. Again, it is all part of the plan. It is all part of the plan. You keep people dumb, you keep them happy, you give them SOMA, Brave New World, if you guys understand, you give them the drug to, to, to know. That drug is social media. One in six people in this country are now addicted to some sort of substance. You keep people dumb and inundated with, with nonsense, with bad role models and no one actually teaching them good values and safety and, and no, no family values and sex with whoever you want. You will have a society just like we have here in America where people are not pushing for good values. It's all about getting good role models. So if you see young people, for any of you guys who are older, or even younger people yourself, if you, are, you want to be a leader in your, your young people group, because young people definitely look up to other young people, make yourself into that leader. Even if you feel like, oh, I can't be that person, I've never really done anything like that before, lead people to your church. Talk to people about these political issues. Do whatever it takes to talk to them and let them know, hey, there's a different path than, than going out every weekend and getting blackout drunk and, and, and then tweeting about it and, and, and all these different things. Like, like the things that we need to hold dear to ourselves is far beyond what the left is promising us. And it's up to us to be leaders and role models for these people, for these young people to tell them that. Because I, I go all over the country, and I've been to all of these colleges, and it's sad to see the state of, of young people right now.
0: I feel really encouraged just in this last week being with Will, who's 25. Madison Cawthorn was 25. Uh, it was. 20, he's 25. He was with us last weekend, and I was with Charlie Kirk. His birthday just happened uh, this week. And Charlie just turned 28. He was 27. And what uh, great examples for role models. These are the kind of young people that we need for these people to look up to. Thank you. My friend has a son in high school teaching about 49 types of gender. Can she pull her out of that class? What else can we do? Hear that desperation?
1: Yeah, I could hear it. (laughs) I feel it. I feel that type of desperation. I will say that I am, I am the happiest I've ever been in my life with everything I'm doing. I'm closer to God. My family life is great. I, I, I get to do a lot of the things that I want to do and inspire people. But I hear so many stories all the time exactly like that. And it incredibly, it, it bums me out every single time that I hear it. But what is so great is that I'm going on social media and all over the country and I'm seeing these, these brave parents and teachers speak up at these school board meetings and it's incredible to see. I'm sure some of you guys have seen some of the videos as well of these brave parents and teachers. And that's what it takes. I mean, there was that video the other day or maybe a month ago. We talked about it on our show of this mayor who went up to this, this school board and he said, hey, you guys are teaching pedophilia. Either you resign you resign or I'm going to have you guys all arrested. I mean, that was awesome. And so as a parent, I think you do have a lot of control. I can't tell you exactly for your school or how it works. You know, I I don't know. I can't say I know all the inner workings of your school board and PTA, whatever. But what I can say is that it is up to you to go and talk to the teachers or talk to the school board or the principal or whatever it takes and tell them that you are not happy with what is being taught. I think that that is probably the silver lining of the COVID pandemic is that kids went home from school or they went home to school. They're doing all their classes on Zoom and parents got to actually see what their kids were learning. And it was trash. It was literal garbage. I am a fan of... I, I'm gonna say that, of abolishing the public schools. Uh, yeah. I know that's controversial, but I am, I am very passionate about it. I understand that it is not a viable option at this very moment, but I think that if you can institute school choice and, and have it that parents are much more involved in their own kids lives then and have it so that you can have a a family that lives off one income because right now again in America with our oligarchy and elite it's very hard to have a family with one income to now raise kids but if you make it so that's possible and and parents take more involvement in their kids lives you can get rid of the public schools and you can have home schools and you can have charter schools and private schools
0: My daughter was raised in a Christian home, but last year, when the BLM movements happened, it changed her. How do I approach her? Uh, she's angry with white privilege uh, accusation towards me. It's caused so much pain in the family.
1: That's a great point. Get, yeah, you should ground her from her phone. We'll,
0: we'll get a chair for you later, okay? <laughs>
1: It's a good point though. I mean, it really is. I mean, the the, the creators of social media understand that they, they made the algorithms in a way that if you like leftist content and you like it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, they will show you more leftist content. Right? It's the same with conservatives. If you like conservative content, it's going to show you more conservative content. That's how it works to keep you on the app. So if a, if a young person is going on there and they're liking BLM posts, it's going to show them more BLM posts and then get more radical and more radical and more radical until you are seeing, you know, gay communism uh, and purple, all sorts of just crazy stuff that you've never heard about before, right? And so social media is is a a big deal with that. But I really think when it comes to all this racism and CRT stuff, I think it's similar to what I was talking about before with being an individual, And that you have to break down all of these conversations with people to make them realize that every single person is an individual. Because leftism, all these ideas, whether it's climate change, whether it's CRT and BLM, or the gender stuff, it is all based on collectivism. It is all based on society instead of the individual. So I recommend that having a conversation with this person that you're talking to if they are so obsessed with this BLM stuff and saying that white people are terrible, is break down a singular white person. And and get like take a huge group of people and then break them down with questions and eventually get to the one person, get to an individual as a minority. It's like Ayn Rand said, the smallest individual is the or the smallest minority is the individual. It's like if you can break a huge group of people down into one person with all these different ideas, then I think you can do a fairly good job of convincing someone that an entire group of people does not think a certain way if you can break it down to be just one person. I think that's probably the the best way to go about it because these people on the left, they think about everyone as a group instead of as an individual.
0: All right, last question. The Zoomers seem to be growing up conservative unlike millennials. Do you think that radical policies such as CRT, LGBT, rights, uh, and gender sports are turning them completely away from the left? Are they rebelling?
1: Yeah, well, I, I saw this study that said Gen Z is more conservative than millennials and all this and I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a few reasons. I think that in the sense of free speech, I think that millen- or Gen Z is very conservative. I think that they go on TikTok and they go on these social media platforms and they want to be abrasive and, and brazen and, and, and say things that they want to say. I think that that is true. I think that they are less offendable than millennials were. I think my generation is the most offended generation that there is of millennials. But I think that when it comes to these, these BLM stuff and the gender stuff Gen Z is, is worse in some ways than millennials. And, and not even that I think that it is even more vapid than millennials in the sense that they understand it even less. I think that their understanding of the world around them, just like I was saying with the role models and, and the things that these young people are actually digesting as content and media and, and literature, I mean, they're not getting the full picture of what the world is really like. I mean, all of the top books in this country right now that people are reading, that young people are reading, are these, these self-help books, You self-help pretty loosely here, that tell them that they need to not care about anything in their lives and, and, and nihilism is the way. Right? So even though uh, I think that in some ways they might be a little more conservative, I really think that they're just, they're just being brainwashed and actually more dumb than any of the other generations we have seen. Not on their own volition, but because of the world around them. And I'm very scared. It's like they're growing up in this world that, that we would never recognize. I mean, if, if you guys growing up were just, you were in the 1950s or whatever, I don't want to date anyone here, okay? You know, but you're in you're in like the 1950s and then you're plopped into 2021. You'd be like, oh my goodness. This is a, cra- who is Cardi B? This is insane. Right? Like everything would look very wild to you, especially with the values. So um, I, I don't know if Gen Z is going to be more conservative. I don't think so. But. Again, it's all about the role models and thus creating media and content and things that they will enjoy that will
0: give them the the values that we want to
1: instill on them.
0: Briefly, give uh, everyone the premise for your book and um, tell them a little bit about it. Yeah.
1: My book is called How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies. and It's kind of a play off the old Dale Carnegie novel of a similar title. And... I wrote this book because I feel like there's a lot of conservative or political books out there that kind of just come out and say, hey, the left sucks, Democrats suck, and here's what's wrong with America. My book does say the left sucks, but (laughs) but what is important about my book, I think, is that I give people the actual tools that they get to use to change people's minds. If you guys have seen any of my videos on PragerU or anything that I do, I've gone and talked to, thank you, I've gone and talked to thousands of people, changed thousands of minds, and those strategies that I've used tried and true, are, are within the book that you guys are then able to use. That you guys can take the questions, persuasion tactics, and facts. Because it's, it's not necessarily you going up to someone and talking to them and, and, and going to radically change that person's mind. It's them changing their own mind because they can't answer the question that you gave them. Right? And that's a, a, a pretty humble way to go about asking questions and changing people's minds. And so with this book, I give everyone the tools that you are able to do that. Because I want everyone to be able to do that. I don't want to be the only person and some of the others going out and doing that. I, I think that uh, in groups of people, leftists are very hard to change their minds, as, as with those students at University of Maryland I just discussed. But when you can get people on an individual level and talk to them and, and be kind and, and compassionate and have good conversations, you can change all these people's minds. I mean, Amla, who's sitting here in the front row, she, she works with PragerU as well. And, you know, she used to work for an organization called Organize Florida, which was like a huge leftist organization. She has a a Black Lives Matter tattoo on her arm. If you guys meet her afterwards, you can see it's it's incredible. And, you know, nowadays, like with Amla, she's now working for PragerU. I have to tell her sometimes, like, hey, calm down. That's too conservative, (laughs) right? So, you know, anyone can be changed just as long as we're able to have those conversations. So that is what my book is all about, How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies. With logic and humor. With logic and humor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've seen
0: the light in the darkness. I want hope for the
1: hopeless and rest for the weary mind. And you've got truth for the taking, but my heart won't be shaken
0: if today be the day that I die. Whoa, 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 whoa. tomorrow or fearing times trouble
1: I keep my heart seeking you oh I will keep my heart seeking you whoa
0: whoa. whoa.